to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this night, Father. Lord, I ask you to open our hearts and show us all, including me, Lord, any areas that this thing's taken advantage of us and help us get more free and more in your image. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, and the, <clears throat> anyone that's new, I usually do deliverance classes, and basically the enemy just... We don't know that half our thoughts are on our own. Well, some people do. So <clears throat> what we do is teach on, because <clears throat> there's many different spirits. And they're not multitaskers. Anger can't give you fear. Fear can't give you self-pity. Self-pity is a lonely thing that causes suicide and so on. And uh, so when I teach, I'll be teaching what rejection says, because I've never met anyone that didn't have Rejection. Sorry. Not yet. <laughs> I met one person didn't have self-pity. <laughs> I was praying for, because I was rebuking self-pity. I had a guy, I have gave some of these testimonies, but <clears throat> some of y'all weren't here. Like I had a guy come by at my shop and <clears throat> his wife had just left him two days earlier and he's going on and on and these spirits any access they can get, they take. So he's all upset, and I'm going, Lord, not just because I can feel when people are manifesting different things. I'm like, Lord, self-pity's got him, but I can't tell him that. He'd punch me in the face, and I wouldn't blame him. <clears throat> His wife just left him, you know? And the Lord said, just cast it out. I'm like, okay. So after he gets done, I was like, let me pray for you. And I'm just like, Lord, bless him, being real nice. And then I'm like, self-pity, get out in Jesus' name. He's like, man. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. Wow. And he's great. And he comes by the next day. He's all great. And next day he's great. And then the next day I could see him in my parking lot when he got out of his car and I could just see it on him. And he shuts the door and he's and I'm going, oh gosh, because self-pity, that's the one that'll call you in the middle of the night and go on for four hours. Then the next time you talk, they'll go on about the same thing. You know what happened? They were six, but they never get out of it. That spirit keeps you tied to that. And... Uh, it will run you ragged. And you hang the phone up, you'll have to go to sleep a lot of times if you're talking to someone that has a bed. So I'm just going, oh gosh, I didn't want to get beat up by this thing. <laughs> and he comes in, yeah, she's taking this, she's seeing this guy, and he's going on and on. And then when he finally got done, I looked at him and said, do you want to keep that thing? And he literally walks back and floor. He's like, <sighs> and self-pity will sigh. Whenever I sigh, I check. Am I in self-pity? Because it constantly sighs. He's like, <sighs> and he walks back and forth. I'm like the pulpit's me, okay? He's like, <sighs> <sighs> now that's me standing there watching him, not knowing what to do. I'm starting to feel stupid because he goes for like five minutes. He's like, I guess not. And I'm like, okay, good. Look in my eyes. I'm like, self-pity, get back at him in Jesus' name. Man, why do I let that thing do that to me? I'm like, I don't know. And uh, they ended up divorced. He, like six months later, he calls me on the phone. He's like, James, I'm just not built like you. 
I need a wife. The Bible says you find a wife, you find a good thing. And da 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 like, okay, yeah. And then he's talking about other stuff. He goes, well, I'm going to go. I said, well, let me pray for you. Go. He's like, okay. And I'm like, Lord bless so-and-so. Da, da, da. And I said, self-pity, get out of him in Jesus' name. He goes, man, all that feeling of needing a wife just left. <laughs> yeah. So same thing happened with Jason. First time he'd come over and he was crying. He, terrible relationship. You don't mind me telling us. He tells the story. And... Uh, I didn't really, I'd talked to him one night in church like a year before this. I didn't know him. And he had found out where I lived. Ended up he didn't live far from me. So I'm down polishing the wheels on my car I had at the time. And he's just going on crying. And finally got done. I looked at him. I said, if you could not feel everything you're feeling inside right now, would you want to not feel that? He's like, Yeah. I was like, good, I jumped up. <laughs> and I don't know if I said self-pity or every spirit manifesting. Get out in Jesus' name. He's like, man, he jumps down, grabs my polish, starts doing my wheels. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, I got to go to the Brady's in the racetrack. I'm going with you. And for nine months, he would be at my house, six o'clock in the morning, walking, waiting for the curtains to open. And I boot him out about midnight. <laughs> I mean, it's the only break I get is going to the bathroom. <laughs> and it was... Uh, Everywhere I went, and the uh, so as I teach these, how y'all doing? First time here? <laughs> the uh, yeah, we welcome you. <laughs> so then, uh, and because of that, I was asking the Lord one day. I was like, "Can you?" Because I mean, I've prayed with people like. A girl's dad died seven days earlier, and I had done deliverance with her a little bit, I was doing. And she calls, she's crying, and I was like, well, I know this, uh, I don't upset you, but spirits take advantage in these situations, can I pray for you? And I just rebuked it out, and she's like, oh my gosh, I feel okay now. And I've seen that over and over and over and over. So I was asking the Lord, can you not have any self-pity where really bad stuff happens and you just don't feel bad and then I understood Job because I used to I used to have a hard time with that when he said God said he restored him and then he had new kids and I'm like what do you mean he had to be depressed the rest of his life his children died you know but now I understand a little more about that <clears throat> so uh, I was just praying for months you know can you really just not have it where you don't get that depression under any circumstance you know and then I had a guy that run I was in a Bible study he was doing. He's only like 35, very gifted prophetically, and he, uh, very mature, didn't try to, he, like he'd tell you what the Lord's telling you without telling you it's the Lord, just just mature. And uh, he bought the lie. There's a committee against income tax. Anybody ever see that? You go on the internet, don't even mess with that thing. <laughs> he was a chiropractor, and they did a seminar at a chiropractor convention and they were showing how legally that came in that you can choose or choose not to. The government don't want you to know that. You can choose not to pay taxes and da-da-da-da. And uh, it's not going to happen. Well, he bought the line. He's very vocal about it. Oh, you don't have to pay taxes. I chose not to. I told him. And he had sent letters in and letters asking him if it's true. He studied all. He's real smart. He studied all the laws and it did come in as voluntary. And uh, he finally sent him a letter. I guess your non-response is because it's true. So I'm choosing not to pay taxes. So 
da 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 take me out of the thing. And he had children that didn't have any social security numbers. And uh, he was, he did deliverance in church. He taught eighth grade in church. He did all kinds of classes in church. Very loved God. And uh, ended up, long story short, getting a year in prison. It was three years to 30 years, but they gave him a year because his lawyer was so bad. The committee sent a lawyer down that didn't, was kangaroo court, it was crazy. The, uh, the judge said he'd never seen nothing like that in his life. But uh, so the day after he gets sentenced and he's gonna go to prison, now he's got a chiropractic clinic, it's no one to run, new car, new house, a six month old baby, and like a seven and a nine year old. And he's going to prison, but wife's gonna have no income. Looks like they're going to lose everything. He don't know what's happening. I go by to see him, and I'm sitting there. And, and I had, keep in mind, I've been praying, can you not have self-pity? Can, can someone just not have ever had that? So I come over there, and I sit down. I'm like, just came by to tell you how bad I feel. He goes, this is how you do. Why do you feel bad? <laughs> and then I'm feeling stupid. Because you're going to prison. Oh, well. Don't feel sorry for me. I've never felt sorry for myself. I wouldn't know how to feel sorry for myself. I've never done that. You know, last night I was feeling a little bad because my wife is really upset that I'm not upset. And that was bothering me. But I don't know how to feel sorry for myself. So, hey, I was wrong. I thought I was right and I was wrong. So I deserve to go to prison. So don't feel sorry for me. I'm like, <laughs> and I, I walked three steps out of the house. I looked up and said, okay, I got it. Because <laughs> I knew that was my answer. So anyway, tonight we're teaching on rejection. And as we teach, I'm just teaching you how it ma makes you think so you can recognize and then get free. And this was a major thing for me, getting free of this. And it's, they always try to come back in any circumstance. They can. They'll be following you the rest of your life. That's just the facts. But uh, if you recognize, you can shut it out. So, as I'm teaching this, I'm teaching you the thoughts of your mind if, when it's attacking. And it's not you will have all of these, it'll be, it affects different people different ways. And it usually, like with me, it would work with the spirit of fear. And if you rejected me, I got quiet. But a lot of people, it teams with anger and they blow up at you. If you correct them, they, if you have employees, you'll really recognize this because you can't even tell them to anything, the correction when they have it, you know, go on for 30 minutes of why they did it this way and da 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 da, -da. And uh, so, as we teach these, we want to keep our mind on ourselves because the enemy, first time I sat through this, this was the main one I needed when I went to Henry Wright's and the enemy had me totally thinking of two people that had diabetes and they were saying how this can cause diabetes. And uh, both times, I mean, I just sat there and thought of them first two times. And then I was praying, like I was getting a lot of freedom in a lot of areas. I was like, Lord, what else? And he says, rejection. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so the next time I went, I was paying attention to me and I'm like, oh gosh, I totally missed it because the enemy had my mind thinking of them. So let's think about ourselves. All right, <clears throat> here's its characteristics, okay? Rejection makes you feel like a round peg in a square hole. You just don't fit in. If you're around a group of people, you feel like the outsider. They'll let you tag along, but they really just assume you weren't there. 
makes you feel like nobody understands you. Jesus is the only one that knows the troubles I go through. It drives you to a need for approval. But when somebody praises you or compliments you, you reject it. And this is the first thing I started doing. When someone says thank you, you say, oh, it's nothing. That was mean. I never said you're welcome. <laughs> oh, it's nothing. Because it wants to receive recognition, but it won't receive it. <clears throat> if somebody says, your hair looks really good tonight, you immediately think, it must normally look terrible. <clears throat> Rejection communicates that you have no identity. This is his main goal. I don't want you to know who you are in Christ and operate in your authority. And confidence, pride and confidence can kind of look alike. If someone's confident, they can be accused of pride, and then pride, you don't want to get into pride. That's dangerous, dangerous. So it strips you of your identity. Anytime you have any need to be something, it's rooted in rejection. <clears throat> if you have a need to be successful, if you have a need to be loved, if you have a need to be spiritual. <clears throat> Rejection says you're not accepted by God, and in order to be accepted by God, you have to be accepted by man. Rejection sets man as your God. Who you are in eternity has nothing to do with man's opinion of you. Rejection says you're an accident, you're in a mistake. But your mother may say that. But God says, I knew in your mother's womb, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're the apple of his eye. <clears throat> Rejection creates a need for identity. The need to be accepted by others. If someone walks by with a mad look on their face, you automatically assume it's about you. If you're following someone around the room with your eyes, see whether they notice you or not when they walk in. Say, Pastor walked in, and you're looking, and he, he don't see you. He looks right at you and don't notice you. <clears throat> I was, when they taught that up there, that one, I thought, that's, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. And then it was like three weeks after I was back, I was doing it. I was like, oh, my God, I'm doing that. <laughs> I thought someone ignored me. <clears throat> If you care about what people are saying about you and you meditate on it, it's rooted in rejection. <clears throat> and that spirit of keep bringing it up. Like someone, you get an argument, it'll keep bringing the argument up. And you'll be saying what you wish you would have said in the argument in your rehashing of it that you didn't say. People with a true healthy identity rooted in Christ know who they are and they're content. Rejection gives people a desire for spiritual gifts is a means of obtaining status and recognition. This is big. I'm apostle so-and-so. Now they put it on their business card. I'm a prophet. They strive to be the spiritual ones among the lesser ones. We're servants of people. We rule over demons, disease, sickness, poverty, but we're servants, Amen. people. You know, we're not slaves to the Lord. We're, we know who we are. We don't have a problem humbling ourselves, Amen. helping others. <clears throat> Amen. 
Rejection won't allow you to wait on God to establish you in His timing, causing you to always strive to... <clears throat> a lot of people strive different ministries or whatever. <clears throat> Sorry, I feel like I'm on the wrong page. <laughs> Many people are causing them to constantly need a hug, and if you don't respond quick enough, they draw back into rejection. It's coming out of a need to be loved. No matter how much you love them, they don't feel it. Rejection won't allow the person to feel loved, even though it creates a need for it. Rejection always seeks, seeks approval and praise. If I just had a pat on the back. Somebody says something good, though, they reject it. Oh, it's nothing. <clears throat> Have you ever had this experience in a relationship? You don't love me. Oh, yes, I do, honey. No, you don't. Oh, yes, I do, honey. Come here. No, you don't. Get away from me. Okay, fine. See, I told you you don't love me. It's because it creates a need for it, but it won't accept it. <clears throat> Rejection demands to be rejected, and it will engineer circumstances. People I know that are really bad at constantly will engineer circumstances where they get rejected. And if it can't, it makes them up in their head. <clears throat> I've watched people with this spirit. It makes, in the world, they... They'll pursue a woman that wants nothing to do with them for years. And then all of a sudden, if the woman decides to be with them, then all of a sudden they don't want them because it wants what it can't have. And then I've seen guys over and over, and then the girl won't have nothing to do with them again, and then they spend the next five years, why did I do that? Why did I do that? What's wrong with me? <clears throat> when fear teams up with rejection... It creates a shield around people's heart. And this causes a lot of people with a lot of rejection, though they love animals far more than people because animals won't reject them, and there's no fear of being rejected with an animal, but they can't love like that the people because they're afraid of being rejected. <clears throat> it creates a hireling mentality, serving to be noticed and receive recognition instead of having a true heart to serve. Wanted to be known for titles like Ph.D., Reverend, Prophet, Apostle, Doctor. <clears throat> That's all coming out of lack of identity because they don't have any identity who they are. So if they put their name on Prophet or what they're trying to get, but it's really they're insecure feeling like they don't have any identity. That's why they act that way, even though we look at them and think they're in pride, but they're really not, usually. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they just called Peter, Peter, Jesus, Jesus, and John, John. I'm just skipping a lot of stuff here. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 12.10, Paul said, Therefore I take pleasures and infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake, for when I'm weak, then I'm strong. If you think you're going to go start a great healing or prophetic ministry and the people are going to love you, you're in la-la land. You'll stir up more envy and strife than you could dream of. Now, Romans 7. I'll just read it. Don't worry about going there. <clears throat> 14. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, that I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree with the law. 
agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I can not carry it out. For what I do is not the good that I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. The evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. That's enough. Paul was recognizing that uh, it wasn't him. And everybody has two natures in them. And as we learn what's going on, the first thing I did when I recognized this thing is I stopped defending myself. Sorry, my phone's buzzing and it's, <laughs> I forgot to turn my headset off. The uh, If you said, James, you you shouldn't have put the pulpit there and I didn't put it there, I just wouldn't defend myself because I would feel that. It's like a high team ping in your chest when you're manifesting rejection. I didn't know, I, I heard what it, he said what it felt like, but I never caught myself feeling it. I didn't think I actually felt it in my own body until the Lord showed me one day when I was, this lady was manifesting at me and I like to look at myself and I was like, wow, that's powerful. Felt like a thousand volts in my chest and I never even realized it was there. I said, no wonder I had trouble as a child. <laughs> that was going on. And uh, so after that, I would feel it when it started and anytime someone was, even if they're wrong, correcting me, I would not defend myself and I would just let it go and keep rebuking that thing till I got it off me and sometimes take a week and keep reliving the thing in my head and I think I'll tell them that I didn't put it there after I get it off me I'm gonna because if I tell them I didn't put it there then the feeling's gonna leave I'm gonna let that spirit manifest and work on getting delivered myself and uh, I think but I'll tell them I didn't do it after I get it off and then when I get it off I never would tell them because I'd be like I don't care what they think but when it's on you, you really want to get it straight with them. What? You didn't do that. <laughs> and, and I mean, seriously, I did this for years. You know, this 20 years I've been doing this. So many times I was like, I know I'm telling them this one when I get this thing on. <laughs> I know. There's no way I'm letting them think that. And then it'd be gone and be like, man, I just don't care. <laughs> it's amazing. Matthew 22:16 they came to Jesus and said we know you are true and teach the way of God in truth neither do you care what man thinks you regard not the opinion of men they saw that as a godly characteristic they said we know you're of God because you don't care what people think the way we are today with what we live with and it's funny because as you learn about spiritual like things that we deal with as far as sickness, a lot of, when you learn how it works and what's going on spiritually in your head, you'll realize why third world countries, the people working out in the field don't have certain diseases <laughs> we have because they don't have the stress and the whatever. They're not thinking like we think these days. And the enemy is strong with rejection in the church, out of the church, 
it's really one of the biggest problems. Nobody wants to offend anybody. <clears throat> and just remember, as you learn, if if you start seeing things in other people, like you correct someone or say, you're like, man, you're in rejection. <laughs> I was just saying, don't put your shoe there. <laughs> you don't have a conniption, you know. That's the spirit, don't you know? Just remember. As you start seeing their stuff, they see our stuff, and we all got different stuff. Uh, remember, eagles fly high and look for the good food. We want to look deep in the heart of people and see the good. Second Timothy two twenty four, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth that they may recover themselves from the snare of the devil. So as we repent, see the truth, and repent to the knowledge of the truth, we can recover ourselves from the snare of the devil, which can also be disease. If you just want to pay, make people an object of ministry, you won't get very far. We have to walk in love. Just as we learn these thoughts aren't ours. They're not other people's either. I'm very that's why I work so hard when I'm giving anybody any little bit of truth to help them. I work very hard to try not to bring up rejection. The difference between discernment and reject uh, judgment is discernment sets uh, <coughs> judgment makes the person evil. If you see someone that's locked into some kind of sin and you discern they have whatever, lust, anger, whatever, and you feel sorry for them and you want to rescue, help try to rescue them from that spirit and you hate the spirit but love the person, that's discernment. If you just make the person evil, oh, they're just da-da-da-da. That's judgment. And judgment brings... You get to a point where you want to build them up and exalt them? Yes. And help them recognize yeah. what they're dealing with is not even them. Because yeah. a lot of people want to get free. They don't have a clue what's wrong with them. Romans 6.16 Know you not that to whom you yield yourself servants to obey, his servants you are, whether of sin unto death or obedience unto righteousness. So as a Christian, you can obey sin unto death. And many do. We're all being changed into his image, but none of us are there yet. <clears throat> if you'll submit to God, if you'll draw near to God and seek God with your whole heart and deal with the junk in our life, <clears throat> we'll be everything God planned for us to be from the foundation of the earth. All we have to do is show up and submit to God. Don't worry about what people are saying about us. <clears throat> none of the people use mightily. I was just sharing this with somebody that if you look up on the internet, anybody in the past, the more anointing they have, the more crazy bad stuff's written about them. You look for someone giving a salvation message. I mean, look up Billy Graham, see how much bad stuff's written. You're not going to find much. Look up William Branham, over 500,000 visions, never missed one that led to miracles. And you'll see more bad stuff written about him than anybody because really hadn't probably been anybody moving that much anointing. 
And he, he said, you can, if I'm wrong, you can put a sign on my back that says I'm a false prophet, drive me around the hood of your car, and I'll quit the ministry. And he's never wrong. With like over, they estimate like 500,000 visions over 35 years. <clears throat> and his visions were how the people got hurt. Like if you're blind, like a girl was blind in the eye, and he says, I see we're seven years old, and the kid behind you threw his pencil that hit you in the eye, and the, you know, and he's always, he's always right. Uh, fear rejection will re produce rejection. Anytime you have fear of anything, you're opening the door for that to attack you. Everything we do, whether miracles, casting out devils, healing the sick, it's all done by faith. Whatever you want, give it out. If you want to be loved, give out love. If you give out hate, you're going to get hated. <clears throat> anger begets anger. Mercy begets mercy. Gossip begets gossip. You want to, everybody to gossip about you, you just gossip about others. You're opening the door for that. Everybody with an anger problem thinks everybody else has an anger problem because they're yelling at people. When they yell back, they don't realize how they are, and all they know is, oh, everybody yells at me all the time. They don't have a clue. All right, this is on your list. Here's some fruits of rejection. Can't receive love, which is the very thing you crave. You push people away. You're very sensitive. You have a hard time being transparent. You feel like you don't fit in. You feel like nobody really understands you. When someone corrects you, you feel like they're putting you down or criticizing you, which makes you defend yourself. You believe every new person in your life is going to hurt you like the last one did. So you keep repeating the same old patterns. <clears throat> you hear the same worn out tape in your head never being good enough. If you're single, you hear I'll always be alone. Isolationism, desperately searching for love, a broken heart, always seeking the approval of others, desiring a position in the church to obtain status or recognition, desiring a spiritual gifts to obtain status or recognition, desiring a position in the workplace. You know, people are like, I'm doctor. You know, they, some is how much money they have, some is the car they drive, some is the house they own. I'm a doctor. You could be at a party. Oh, you're a doctor. Yeah, I feel real good. And yeah, what are you? I'm a children's doctor. Yeah, I'm a brain surgeon. Then all of a sudden he feels like he's nothing because he's, we're stacking, everybody's, yeah, I have a church, I'm a pastor, yeah, me too, yeah, wow, how many people you got, a hundred, how many you got, 4,000, now he went from, it's all jockeying, I'm telling you, it's, I'm serious, I'm not joking, that's the way it works, you never, people work for that degree to get the recognition because they're getting identity in the degree, whether it's the job, in the cars, it's bad at the track. They'll make their kids starve to try to make the car faster to beat the guy they can't stand losing to. It's crazy. And it's normal there. <laughs> they all do it. <laughs> I had a guy that, he was down there. <laughs> I was working on his car, and he screamed at this guy. They do that to try to get people to take a dumb race so they can win money. But he screamed at the guy for like 20 minutes cussing and yelling and and then the the next day he's like at my shop he said man 
That guy said my car's junk, James. I said, you yelled at him for 20 minutes, cussing at him before he said your car is junk. <laughs> it's crazy. All he would do is think about what he said about his car the rest of the night. And only think about what he said. Let's see. Constantly putting yourself down, whether joking or serious, that was me. I always put myself down. You always notice how people are looking at you. Uh, drivenness, possessiveness, smothering relationships, emotional dependency, addictions, anything to numb the pain. You can be addicted to anything, drugs, alcohol, comfort food, sex, shopping, falling in love, etc. Answering yes to one or more of these could be a sign you're harboring spirit rejection. Do I anticipate a negative response from others? Boy, that was me. Still suffer with that. <clears throat> Do I believe I'm on a higher spiritual plane and that my opinion should be favored above others? People will say no, but then when you're in a conversation and you know the one that has it, and they're like, you know, I think we should do this. Well, I think this. And then it gets to them, and they say theirs, and then someone, I think we should go, and you can just see it all over the person, like, because they didn't think their way was, and then they'll even call. You know, I just think and go on for two days about, you know, like, hey, we're just deciding where we're going to eat. <laughs> or whatever, I'm just... <laughs> When questioned, do I become angry or agitated? Do I do things nearly, merely to exame, sorry, gain acceptance or attention from others? Or recognition, I should say. <clears throat> Am I known for being argumentative? Well, I wasn't known. Have people told me I'm overly sensitive? That's a definite for rejection. <clears throat> do I experience marked mood swings? Do I expect to be overlooked? Do I require special encouragement to participate in things? Do I overvalue the positive evaluation of others? Do leaders see me as inconsistent? This is a big one. Is my mood dictated by the mood of others around me? That's a hard one. <laughs> if someone's all mad, you know, it's like hard to, I hate being around mad people. Do I seldom attend Bible study, social event, party, or blend in with others because I see myself as different? Do I measure my personal value by the amount of spiritual insight I have? Do I reject the thought that I could have a spirit of rejection? All right, so now we're going to spray through these. First off, I want to say we need to just take a minute for because... Uh, we have to forgive everyone and you're not going to get delivered of any spirit with unforgiveness and I've had them talk out of many people even and tell me who you know and sometimes they still don't want to forgive and sometimes they don't know they say it you know um, <clears throat> they don't even know they said anything if they can go into manifestation but uh, even in the Lord's Prayer forgive us as we forgive others if you do not neither will your Father forgive you let me think
chapter 9 of Felnigo here, and I don't remember what it exactly it says. Therefore, Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe, you receive it, and you shall have have them. And when you, you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father, also which is in heaven, may forgive you and your you your trespasses. But if you forgive not, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. Pretty scary if you. I have a whole list of pages of those same kind of scriptures, and it will keep you from getting healed and getting delivered. So uh, I mean, you can be battling anything, and unforgiveness just gives it legal right. I laid a corporal tunnel. You know, she'd forgive. I've seen all kinds of stuff. Arthritis is it from unforgiveness? Cancer, like probably 80-90% of cancer is unforgiveness. Fear can also cause your immune system to not be good for fighting off cancer cells. <clears throat> um, so we're just going to take a minute, <clears throat> and the Lord's going to show you some people that need to forgive. He always shows up when I do this. <laughs> and I always feel like, I don't know, I just feel the presence of the Lord in this when I do this like more than any other time of anything I do. Like he really likes this. We're going to pray and ask God to show us anyone we need to forgive because it's not worth staying sick and bound up by spirits because you can't forgive someone else. We're not their judge. God's the judge. It doesn't mean they're getting off. Having unforgiveness, like drinking poison, trying to kill the other person, shoot yourself in the knee. How you feel now? <laughs> well, they feel fine. You don't. Well, that's what unforgiveness does. Brings tormenting spirits. <clears throat> so right now, Father, we're going to just be silent a few minutes. Don't have to try to think of nobody. Just, just clear your head. Just let the Holy Spirit do it. He knows what he's doing far more than we do. So, Father, I ask right now that you would show us anyone we need to forgive. Holy Spirit, have your way. In Jesus' name. Have to forgive self too. be dead people too.
Okay, now what happens a lot is these people, the Holy Spirit starts showing you a lot of people, and if, as long as you have the, let me just give a testimony. There's a guy outside my shop, his back was hurting. He was at two shops down getting his car worked on. I just started talking to him. I told him to come in. I sat him down, took his feet like I do. His friend walked in and I prayed and he got healed. So his friend said his shoulder was messed up. Prayed for his shoulder, he got healed. And then he said, uh, I led him to the Lord. And then he said he had diabetes. I'm like, what better time to cast a demon out? Because <laughs> that's the spirit. Disease, sickness is spirit. And, uh, and the reason I say that is because when you give your life to God, all sin's forgiven. If you go to pray for someone that's sick, and you're like, how long have you been saved? They're trying to do deliverance, and they say, since I was 10, there may be a whole stuff, a lot of stuff they need to repent of. So it's really neat. I just led the guy to the Lord, and... And tells me he has diabetes. I'm like, oh, that's no problem. Spirit infirmity come out, <laughs> cause him diabetes in Jesus' name. They left. And the guy comes back two months later. The guy shows up in my shop, walks in. <clears throat> He's got somebody with him. He said, ever since you prayed, my blood sugar is perfect. Can you pray for my friend? I said, sure. Sit him down. <clears throat> His back and legs messed up. Pray for him. Stand up. He's like, oh, no change. I said, sit down. I said, you know the Lord, don't you? Yeah. I said, you know I'm really good, don't you? Yeah, I do. I said, you know how I know you know him so well? He goes, no. I said, because you'd have been healed if you didn't. I said, the problem is you're a child of God. You're commanded to forgive. You're one of his sons. And you're not forgiven. But if you don't know the Lord, he'll just heal you just to show you he's God. He does it all the time. Love praying for non-believers are the easiest in the world to get healed. So I said, do you want to forgive? Just like I did y'all, let him. Sat there in silence. I said, you still seeing people? He's like, yeah. I said, that's okay. As long as you know you have to forgive. And he was a deacon in a church and stuff found out. And you're going to forgive. He'll keep showing you. And then I prayed for him again. And he was healed instantly. <clears throat> so as long as your heart is right, you're not got that certain person. <laughs> I'm telling you, I wouldn't want to stand before the Lord. Why should I let you know him? Because Jesus died for my sins. They're forgiven. If you forgave, they're forgiven. I told you like 50 times in the Bible, if you don't forgive, you're not forgiven. So I'm not saying you're going to hell, and I'm not saying you're not. I'm saying I'm not going to throw that card out there and try that with my eternal salvation. Go ahead, throw some gas on me, set me on fire. I forgive you. I'm not going there. Lord, I'm not opening up for people to do that, though. <laughs> I've seen people running out getting their gas cans. No, I'm kidding. <clears throat> All right, so now we're going to pray through rejection. I'll, I'm just going to lead you through repentance. Just repeat after me, and then I'll cast them out. You ready? Father, forgive me, Father, forgive me. for entertaining self-bitterness, self-resentment, self-retaliation, self-anger, self-hatred, Doubt and unbelief, lack of trust in God, self or others, abandonment, fear of abandonment, accusation by others, self-accusation, rejection by God, uh, 
Rejection by fathers, mothers, mothers. God, God. real or imagined. Self-rejection. That's a big one. Rejection of others. Now this is an ungodly fear. This is not a reverence fear. Fear of God. You shouldn't be scared of them if you're living, right? Fear of man. That's being insecure people. Fear of failure. Fear of vulnerability. Fear of deliverance. False burden bearing. Martyrdom. False responsibility. Excessive need for love. Excessive need for approval. Excessive need for acceptance. Excessive need for identity. Double mindedness. Lust. Fantasy lust. Insecurity. Rebellion. Control. Heaviness. Lack of gratitude. Discontentment. Murmuring, complaining. Destroyer. Deep hurt, deep hurt and wounding of the spirit coming out of rejection. Fabricated personality. Self-pity. Perfectionism. And rejection. And I ask forgiveness. And I renounce it in my generations. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, now just look at me. Deliverance isn't a prayer. We just have authority. And you can do deliverance if you know the Lord over anyone. It's your faith. <clears throat> I've had people that do deliverance, and even someone used to be in this church used to do quite a bit and brought someone in because they couldn't get them delivered. And I just went and gassed it out. And <laughs> she asked, why couldn't I get it out? And it's, I just, when you know it's by faith, it helps you use your faith. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because they'll talk you out of it. And if you start screaming, they'll know you're like, don't even really believe they're there. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why are you screaming at him? You think he can't hear you? The, uh, just real quick, I want to tell a quick little story before I do this. Is that right? <clears throat> you like stories? Yeah. I don't know if I told this or not. When Henry Wright started helping people that had multiple chemical sensitivity, where you get allergic to everything, and they'd be locked in their room, and there's tons of people like that, but you don't see them because they can't go outside. And they get down to usually like three foods. <clears throat> and um, at first, he was going to the people because he didn't know anything about it. God started showing him some things, and uh, fear is a big thing in that, and self-pity. So this guy picks him up from the airport. He's taking him to pray for his wife. And uh, he says, uh, they stop to eat. He says, sir, I just want you to know on the second or third day that I'm in your house, your wife is going to get up really early in the morning, and she's going to tell you I'm not a man of God, and I am from the devil, and she, <clears throat> she wants me out of there and tells, her this whole, tells him this whole list of things she's going to say. And he says, and I just want you aware of that ahead of time because you're going to have to decide whether you're going to keep me there, get your wife healed, or take me to the airport. And I just want you to know that ahead of time. Second day he's there. Henry <laughs> Wright gets up at 7.30. <laughs> Guy comes in. He says, 
she has been up since four o'clock this morning. And he goes, did she say everything I said she'd say? Word for word. If I'd had a tape recorder, I could not believe what I was hearing. She said everything exactly how you said she was going to say it. <laughs> he says, what are you going to do? He goes, I have to be honest with you. If you had not told me word for word, I'd be taking the airport. But this is God. But she is pissed. <laughs> so he goes out there. She says, what is he doing here? And he says, he's a man of God. He told me everything you were going to say. And you said it. And he's staying. Well, you two can just go. And she starts getting all dirty, you know, <laughs> nasty. And he sits down on the couch beside her while she's yelling. He's like, self-pity you come out in Jesus' name. And then she, she's yelling at him. She turns around and puts her head against the couch and puts her hand or her ear with her head facing away from him. And he just said, self-pity, I know you don't need her ears to hear. Get out of her now in Jesus' name. She's like, turns around, oh, oh my God. Wow. I feel great. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I said those things. Henry Wright said, don't worry, that wasn't you saying that. So, Anyway, I forget why I got over there. <laughs> example, you don't have to yell. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you don't have to yell. They don't need your ears. She had her hand over her ear. You know, if they try talking stupid, don't. They've been arguing. Understand, they've been doing this for 6,000 years. If you're going to box somebody and you were a boxer and you say, well, how long has the guy been boxing? He's been boxing 6,000 years. He's boxed 4 million people. You'd be like, hmm, really? Uh, well, no, you're better than him, but you need to know he's got experience at what he's doing. You have faith, but they will talk you out of your faith. They know what they're doing. They'll drag you right into pride, get you screaming, and all kinds of stuff. It's just, they're smart. And if there's unforgiveness, you can yell to the cows come home. You can actually use your authority and get it out. One quick other testimony. My mom had trigger finger in her thumb. I sat down with her, Mom, this is bitterness. <clears throat> Commanded out, first time I ever saw discerning the spirits or head goes into something. I'm like, get out. Hand frees up, six days later, locks back up. I'm like, Mom, there's somebody you need to forgive. <clears throat> she thinks she knows who it is, forgives. I cast that out again, didn't see nothing the second time, took twice as long to get it out. Comes out, thumb frees up. Six days later, it locks up again. I was like, Mom, there's somebody you need to forgive. I don't know who it could be. So I just pray, Lord, show her who she needs to forgive. Left her with her thumb locked up. And two months go by, and she has a dream, something my dad did 30 years earlier. And in the dream, she walked in. When, she didn't tell me what it was. Whatever he's doing, he was doing it. And in the dream, she knocks him down, which is funny because my mom's old. And she's kicking him on the floor, and she wakes up, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, wakes up and says, Oh, Lord, I forgive him for that. And her thumb freed up instantly. has been free for 18 years since. So... And the other one, a year before that, locked up, and she had it operate on. They cut the knot out of the tenant. So it's a lot nicer to forgive than to go get your knot cut out of your tenant so you can keep your own forgiveness. All right, so just look at me. Father, I thank you for authority over all principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness, high places, which we're not even messing with right now. So, in the name of Jesus, I command you, spirit of strong man, rejection, stand aside. I'm going to spoil your house. Self-bitterness, self-resentment, self-retaliation, self-anger, self-hatred. You come out of every one of these people right now in Jesus' name. 
doubt and unbelief, lack of trust in God, self, and others. And you might want to just look at me. <clears throat> abandonment, fear of abandonment, accusation by others, self-accusation, rejection by others, father, mother, God, etc., real or imagined, self-rejection, rejection of others, fear of God, fear of man, fear of failure, come out of every one of these people right now in Jesus' name. You loose them, go to the dry place in the name of Jesus. Fear of vulnerability, fear of deliverance, false burden-bearing, martyrdom, false responsibility, excessive need for love, excessive need for approval, excessive need for acceptance, excessive need for identity. Come out of every one of these people in the name of Jesus. They have their identity in Christ in the name of Jesus. Double-mindedness, fantasy lust, lust, fantasy, insecurity, rebellion, control, heaviness, lack of gratitude, discontentment, Murmuring and complaining come out in Jesus' name. Deep hurt and wounding of the spirit coming from rejection, fabricated personality, self-pity, perfectionism come out of every one of these people right now in Jesus' name. Self-pity always brings the past up. Don't leave here and look in the mirror. Try to drive home look in the mirror. Got to forget the past. It gets you sick. Causes tons of sickness. Death. <clears throat> perfectionism come out in Jesus name strong man spirit of rejection you and any other underling any other spirit helping you come out of every one of these people now in Jesus name I'll pray a little prayer I command all chemicals to come in balance all blood sugar levels to come in balance in Jesus name <clears throat> every change in the DNA that this rejection is done to these people. I command to come back into alignment with the way God designed these people in Jesus' name. I command every damaged pancreas and every damaged cell or organ to be restored the way God designed it in Jesus' name. I command every cancer cell out of every one of these people in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask you to just fill us more and more with your Holy Spirit and speak to us. Give us dreams tonight, Lord. Visions in Jesus' name. Give peace and joy in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless y'all. the kingdom of God and his righteousness